Hello, marketing friends. Misty here. Thanks for checking out this very special season of Marketing Sweats. This year marks Samantha's 40-ish year in business. So to celebrate, we're inviting Samantalites on the podcast to share stories about a project they've worked on that made them proud. We're calling it Point of Pride. In this episode, I'm chatting with Lori Johnson, our Executive Director of Service Management. Several years ago, she recognized a need at the agency and eventually found herself leading a team focused on workflow and financial management. But it hasn't been easy. Like so many of us, Lori found herself struggling to balance work and life. Let's get into how Lori found success in her career and continues to navigate being a working mom. I'll see you on the other side. I am here today with Lori Johnson, and I'm so excited to talk to her. Lori is one of my very best friends at the agency and in life, which I love saying because at Samantha we can do that, right? That's We're not right. one of those companies that just, you have to be coworkers and not friends. Correct. So Lori and I spend tons of time together. She's on our executive team. She helps run the business. So I'm excited for her to give you a little bit of your her backstory before we get into her job today or her point of pride. Talk a little bit about how you found Samantha and what you were doing in your career at the time you came on board. I grew up in a super traditional household. I had a great childhood, by the way. Nothing about my story was like my decision to be like, I want to provide for myself. It wasn't because of any like bad feelings or hard feelings. It was just, I remember thinking that, that I wanted to not rely on anybody. Yeah. And so I always wanted to kind of, you know, stay in the agricultural field. That's where I kind of always felt like I wanted to land. So when I was in high school thinking about what to do. Because you grew up on a farm. I grew up on a farm. We need to say that. Yes. Yes. I grew up on a farm. My family, all still farms. And your mom stayed at home. My mom stayed at home. Now, my mom did go back to work when I was in high school. Okay. So she, I shouldn't say back to work. She went to work when I was in high school. But by then, everybody was, you know. Sure. Just pretty self-independent. But anyway, I remember talking with my ag teacher at school. And he's like, hey, there's this major called Agricultural Communications, and it kind of helps you take your ag ties and then apply like advertising, marketing, communication, whatever. That's cool. And he knew I wanted to go to the U of I, so that was the path I took. Nice. So from out of college, I went to work for Agco, Mm -hmm. which is a major farm machinery manufacturer in Duluth, Georgia. And I was there a year when I decided that I needed to get back closer to home, back closer to my roots. So I found actually a connection through U of I, someone, you know, networked and found someone that worked at an agency in Decatur. It was called Jones and Thomas. And so I came back that way. Sure. And then got married, had my first kid there and definitely wanted to be like even closer to home, which is in near Galesburg, Illinois. That's where my family farms. At the time, I was working on the ADM account. The ADM right? account. Okay. Yeah, and so I had heard of Samantha's name through mm-hmm. through that because Jones and Thomas and Samantha were both working on ADM, <laughs> and got to kind of looking, and I saw, hey, they're hiring, right? And it's like such a tie, you know? They're they're an agency. I work at an agency, so I applied and I had several conversations with Kevin and Susie. I mentioned my conversation with Susie and. And got the job. That's so. awesome. And I, I distinctly remember that. We felt like we were like stealing like this awesome <laughs> talent, right? Not that we do that. We don't. But we thought a lot about Jones and Thomas and, and the work you were doing there. Mm-hmm. 
talk a little bit about coming on board here. What were some of the first projects you remember or your earliest memories of Symantle? I was hired to help with the Ameren account. They were launching some energy efficiency programs. Okay. And so my very first day here, I remember before I even started, Kevin called me and he's like, hey, there's this energy efficiency conference that we want to send you to. It's like your first day you'd have to leave. Do you feel okay with that? Like I had didn't have a house. I didn't have anything. I was like staying at the Paradise oh, Hotel. <laughs> And I was like, no, that's fine. So my very first day here, I jumped into a car with Erin Bullwald, who was Kennedy at the time. No and she drove me to the airport. And Erin, me, and Gerilyn were whisked away to Texas oh for a conference. The I funny thing is, too, that – and we were, like, fast friends. Like, I remember at the conference, like, we were, we were like – all in Jerilyn's room, like sitting on the bed, talking, Aww, like having great. deep conversations. So even from then, it was like all about relationships and deep connections. And probably threw you into the industry really quickly. I think you probably learned quickly how much we're a learning organization and you just have to like be fearless and get out there and learn about your client. Yeah. And I mean, even at that conference, the clients were there. So I was like introducing and it was hit the ground running, hit the for, ground sure. running for sure. The other funny thing about my first few weeks here is um, we were renovating the space. And so I started in what we called the sweatshop. <laughs> so it was just a bunch of like six foot tables set up, you know, end to end. I remember, I remember that just stage. being like, what is going on? I know. There was like dust falling on our heads. And <laughs> that's when we still had phones and you couldn't hear your client because there were so many people next to you. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy, crazy stage. Well, so obviously for those who don't know, the stage of Ameren was one of our busiest times, I feel like, as an agency. We have, obviously, Caterpillar is our largest account. Ameren was a very big account at the time. But then you and I took on an account together at one yep. point, NapHide. Yep. Yes. Say a little bit about that. NapHide was launching a new brand. And so there was a lot of research. There was huge trade shows. There was internal launch and training, brand training for their employees. And this was right about the time that I was like kind of experiencing some of this like, oh, I need more balance. Yeah. So, you know, I'm struggling just figuring out or just fi constantly feeling guiltier that I wasn't enough. And I love the NAPAG client. I loved working with everybody. But then it was also, we were exploring the Samantha Way approach. Yeah. And I remember you coming to me and saying, hey, do you think we could pilot it okay. with NAPI? Yep. And I was like, yes, I absolutely want to. That's awesome. And that's when I was really like, oh, I like this. I like figuring out how to like run a current like client-facing account through the workflow process, process yeah. to make it run smoother through the agency. Yeah. And I love that. And I remember lots of long car rides with you where yes. we were thinking it through all the steps and activities required <laughs> to get work done at Symantle. And I feel like that's when you and I got really like almost a shared understanding of how each other's brain works. Yes. And we absolutely. still maintain that today. Yes, it's true. Awesome. Yeah. Because it wasn't a short drive to Quincy. There was no fast, <laughs> quick way to get there. No, there wasn't. So it was a lot of long, deep conversations in the car. Yes. Lots of getting work done too. That's how we do it, man. Those long car rides. Yeah. So talk about you're super busy at work, you're learning, you're figuring out what you love, but then you're also becoming a mom to mm -hmm. those three kids that you always wanted to have. So talk us through that when you had one and you were about to have two and you were just questioning all this inside yourself. I think a lot of it did kind of come from my upbringing because it was kind of like, again, super traditional roots. The man provided and the woman stayed home. And so I think some of that I was just like, 
putting on myself unnecessarily. My parents were super supportive of the path I took and always like so proud. They weren't doing it to me. It was just something I was doing to myself. But I also knew that kids don't stay young forever. And like there was like, I didn't want to look back someday and be like, man, I should have been there for these moments. And I'm even talking about like being able to go to their school and plan a party or like volunteer. Yeah. Well, you had two boys first, Brady and Jacoby, and then you had a girl somewhere along the way. But even for the boys, your family is big into sports. So being able to be there for all those events was probably an early part of it, right? Yes, absolutely. But what was it too, Lori? And this may be a bit personal, but like I'm a mom, but I always had the work gene in me, like Mm -hmm. six to eight weeks maternity. I was like, I got to get back. (laughs) With you though, you always had this internal, like just almost consternation that you weren't in the right place. So say more about that. I do think some of it was probably just a collision of I was in the client facing role and like, although I enjoyed it and I felt like I did have some strengths there, I do feel like it wasn't setting my soul on fire. Got it. Like I kind of wanted it to. You wanted to be more of a caregiver? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that makes total sense. Yeah. So that's like your passion. Yeah. That's my passion. Yeah. And, and so, I've always been like, you know, super prepared. I'm a six. Yep. I don't know if we talk about the Enneagram on here. <laughs> um, Tell them what a six is. <laughs> so a six is actually defined as the loyalist, but I actually prefer another definition of it that's called the troubleshooter. Mm. And that, the troubleshooting part resonates with me because anyone that knows me knows I'm going to ask a thousand questions before I can get on board. But once I'm on board, I am loyal. Yes. But it takes me a while to get there. Yes. And I'm probably going to frustrate the heck out of you because <laughs> you're like, why are you asking so many questions? But it also means I overprepare. I look, you know, I'm a worst case scenario thinker, just constantly having a plan B, troubleshooting, figuring it out. Yeah. So I, you know, I think that all played into it too. Well, I think that knowing that about you helped you identify your passion on the job, right? You wanted to look at a system and processes and identify the gaps and help us fill them, which eventually led you on your path to where you are today. How does that manifest at home? So I think it is just like being for there. I wanted to be there for all. I didn't want to like have them feel that I was missing. Right. I wanted them, I wanted to have really strong relationships with my kids. I wanted to be there to help them prepare for life. I wanted to be there for the questions and I didn't want them to feel like they missed anything because I wasn't there. But I also wanted them to have pride in me and the fact that I was like out there, you know, killing it, having a career. And I would say, I think, you know, I have a 16 year old now, my, the two year old I mentioned earlier is now 16. And I do think he's, he shows interest in my work. That's awesome. I feel like he's like, yeah, look at my mom. She can have it all. Well, and it's not just your work. I mean, we talk about this all the time, but like your best friends are here, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that really helps too. I mentioned that. It's definitely the people. Yeah. Thank goodness I got to know everybody so intimately and and was able to open up and be vulnerable with everybody. And Totally. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so e- it would been it would have been so easy just to be like, you know what, I'm going to go find another job that allows me more flexibility. Or maybe I don't have to work so hard, but I knew that that's not what I wanted. Well, and I think you applied your sickness to the crossroads moment that you were experiencing. You troubleshooted your own problem, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's part of why this is your point of pride. So take yeah. us back to when you decided, you know what, I'm going to try to do it all. I'm going to have the work and the life I want. Talk through the conversation that you had with Susie and Kevin at the time and how scary that must have been, not knowing if they were going to say yes or not. 
again, because I overprepare. <laughs> I spend a lot of time just thinking about like, why do I want to do this? What's my reasoning? How can I let them know that I can make this work? I can still be super committed. I even, I like actually drafted the proposal so they didn't have to do anything. I was just like, here's what I'm wanting. I want to spend a little bit more time with my kids. They're only young once. Right. I don't want to have any regrets. Plus just, just balance, right? Like if I could have one more day. Yep at home where I'm spending good time with them and feeling like I can take care mm -hmm. of some things there. I feel like I'll be more productive here. So yeah, I laid it all out for them. And actually I was so, like I said, so thrilled when they said yes. It wasn't that hard of a sell. Right. Um, well, and I know you were even a little bit leery to put this down as your point of pride because I yeah. think as Samantalites, you sometimes question like, what conversations can I have with my boss and what trade-offs am I willing to make mm -hmm. to get the life I want? You probably had to make some, right? Yep. Like compensation yep. and things like yep. that. But at the exactly. end of the day, and you talk about that in here, you were even willing to take a step back in your career knowing that if you ever chose to jump back on the bus full time or whatever that needed to look like, you could propel yourself forward again. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if I could. I mean, I remember having that thought was like, am I okay just kind of being here? Am I willing to sacrifice? And I was, but I think I knew in my heart of hearts that I could. You could do I it. I could do it. I could figure it out. What advice would you have for an employee today who's maybe having the same sort of internal struggle? Yeah, I just, I my advice would be, Stay super connected with your leaders. Yep. Be super vulnerable. Just kind of tell them what you're needing. Yep. Think it through, though. Think yes. through some scenarios because sometimes maybe they can't even wrap their heads around what you're thinking. Well, I think it's interesting that you said you put it down on paper because that's one of the things I still struggle with today. We always get clearer on our ideas and what we're what we want and don't want when we write it down. Right. And it, yeah. it helps your leaders too know like, what are you asking for, right? It's not that just casual conversation isn't important, but it feels like that was an important step. Yeah, for sure. You did this for how long? And then when did you decide to make another shift? Well, I, the time frame's a little blurry to me. I know I did it for at least four or five years. Okay. But then once, like I said, once my um, youngest kind of got where she was entering into preschool, I was like, I could go back to 40 hours sure. because it was just becoming clear that that's kind of what I needed to do. If I was going to kind of elevate my career to the next level, that's kind of when the conversations were happening about maybe taking on a never before role in this director, the director role of kind of training and, and setting up a team and building, you know, the workflow for efficiency through the agency. I just was like, you know, I'm ready. I had my time and I'm ready to go back 40 hours. But like I said, it was still work from home. And so that was still an exception for me that no one else really got. Right. Which now post COVID, everybody's doing it, exactly. but you were ahead of your game exactly. and you figured it out. Yeah. So when you went back to 40 hours, you took on this director role. Tell us a little bit about the function that you serve for the agency now, then, and then growing into an executive director. So at the time that I became a director, I was kind of more of a mentor to actually the account managers at the time. And so I would meet with them and I would talk them through kind of more of the business side of their job. Like, this is how we should probably price things. And this is how you could talk about the pricing strategy and let's make sure we have resources. It wasn't as much of the like strategy or relationship side with the clients, sure. but more that side. And so I'd meet with them and, you know, I would be helping draft proposals and statements of work, less from the like the rationale, convince yes. them to do it, but more from the like, how are we going to structure this so we can achieve it yeah. and what's a smart financial 
you know, approach to this. I've always felt that you're really good at both sides of the account management job. You get strategy, you're really good at client service, but then your passion was more on the inner workings, right? Yeah. And workflow. Yeah. So if an account manager at Samantha is listening to this, how do you balance both? Because not everybody brings the same tools, I guess, to the table. Yeah, I actually, I think that probably came to light for me even today. I was sitting in a scoping session. And so we were working through all the inner workings of this project and like getting into the details of like, how much will this little piece cost? Sure. And, you know, we were like working through it and we got it. And then I was like, okay, let's think about the story we're going to tell about this. Sure. And so then we just took it and chunked it into four parts. And we're like, if I was a client, I think this is how I'd want to think about it. Interesting. So it's just... Putting yourself in the client's shoes. Yeah. Or just looking at it from both perspectives. I love that. Talk a little bit, though, today about your philosophies as a leader. Because I tell you this all the time, and I hope I don't embarrass you, but I think that you have become one of the most even keel leaders that I know. And like, you do challenge Tim and I in a big way. Like Lori is somebody that will call in and we'll say, here's something we're thinking about, poke holes in it, right? Because she does have that devil's advocate, but you do it in such a respectful way. And then to your point, once you can like ask all the questions, you help us communicate it. I think that's one of your core skills. Well, thank you. I honestly feel like it is just something I have worked so hard at because it, Early on in my career, I remember having conversations mostly with Tim at the time, like, you're so reactive and you're, you know, just like you have to be able to almost just not have that emotional reaction to everything. And I'm an emotional person. Yes. We all know that. But for (laughs) (laughs) she was like, please, I'm going to cry before. (laughs) I'm quick to cry. I think I've just really, I've really gotten to know myself as a leader. I've really dug into who I am as a leader, why I react the way I do, the fact that I'm a six, I've really dug into that. And I've just come to know that like, that is the value I bring is like looking at it holistically, not having a knee jerk reaction, not getting over emotional about it, just kind of assessing the whole picture and then kind of helping people see like, well, I think there's a little gap here. Let's figure out why we're doing this. Is it, does it make sense? Let's dig in. I think one of the things, the phrases you just said, I honed in on was like, that is the value I bring. There was a point in your career where you started to see that it was okay to challenge us because that's exactly why you're here. Yes. And that confidence went through the roof. And I know you and I've talked at length about coaching and how we want every employee to have that confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. how was that experience for you? Coming? It was amazing. I mean, I remember sitting in an evaluation with you and Tim and you guys were like, one of the things we'd like you to stop doing is basically you were like, you're, what were the exact words? Basically like, it's okay to question our authority. Like I was just like, well, you're the bosses and I'm going to do exactly what you guys tell me to. They're like, you have too healthy of a respect for authority. And that went against everything I was taught my whole life. Sure. Just because I am from such a traditional household and it was kind of like, you do what you say. Right. But now we mine for conflict. Now we mine for conflict. (laughs) And so I think just by you guys seeing that potential in me and like giving me permission and me understanding that that does, that's how I lead with my authentic self. Sure. I'm a questioner. I question. If I can't kind of get, dig in and figure it out, then I'm, yes, I can't get my arms wrapped around it. And I imagine you pass that lesson on to your team. I hope so in some ways. Good. (laughs) 
Well, I know coming back to your point of pride in terms of mom and work, you say true to so many folks path at Symantle, I found a passion and worked with my supervisors to outline a business need. And I eventually found myself in a newly created director role, right? Do you feel like Symantle's a place where we do that? As far as supporting people's passions, I know I get dinged a lot for this because I always want to like identify what do people love and how can I help them get there? But there also has to be like the business need on the other side. It's not just a personal passion. Yeah. You were able to sort of find that intersection. Yeah. I do think it's just, again, I was having a lot of conversations at the time with Tim. So it was about that connection and just you know helping him to kind of understand where I felt like I offered value. Sure. I do think Samantha helps people find their passion, but I think we're also honest, like the business need has to be there too. So like, let's work together to sure. figure it out. We don't overpromise, but we certainly encourage people to kind of speak their mind about what they want. Right. So today you say you drive clarity, consistency, and accountability, and you have eventually built up a team to focus not only on the day-to-day efforts, but the big picture. You talk about joining the executive director team, helping to run the business and set the vision for the agency. That has to make you so proud. And I tell you this all the time, like you're running the company, (laughs) which is amazing. But a lot of people don't know what the executive director team does outside of running their departments. So Mm -hmm. can you share a little bit more about how your role has evolved into not only leading project planning, but sort of having a seat at the table of like who we're becoming and where we're going? Yeah. So I think, um, I think it was by design that we pulled several functions together, our people that oversee different functions of the agency together to kind of set the vision because you do need all sides of it, right? Sure. You need the creative side, you need the the strategy side, you need people that are like, I want to sell, I want to move, I want to really right. blow this thing up. And then you need somebody like me that's kind of like, let's think through this and and figure out, make sure we can run it. All the options. We can yes. do what we, what we want to do. You're sort of the process person on the executive team, it sounds like, but you're also now growing your team to not only sort of manage the resources and the finances, but you're taking on a new dimension of your role, mm-hmm. working with Gina Killian, who was also on a point of pride on further building out our operating model and improving our process. Can you yes. say a little bit about that? So I'm super excited for kind of this next phase because as we have grown at Semanal, we definitely do need to make sure that we are a little more buttoned up in terms of how we're structured and just making sure that there are just a certain set of standards that we're all following because otherwise it's going to be the wild, wild west. Right. And that's kind of what we're wanting to prevent. So I'm super excited to have Gina's org design vision kind of set forth and a path started and then the project planners on my team drive it forward and execute it through the work. I'm excited for that. Talk a little bit about what work-life integration means to you today now that your kids are older. Because we at Samantha, we no longer say work-life balance. We're not sure that's a thing, right? We use the word integration, but what does that look like for you today with older kids? Definitely work-life integration to me definitely just means like at any moment you could be thinking about the other thing, right? So Mm -hmm. I could be sitting here at 10 o'clock in the morning and get a text from my kid that's like, hey, this thing happened, you know? So maybe I have to take like just a quick moment to go deal with that. At the same time, I can be at home at nine o'clock at night and be like, I need to take care of this thing for work. And so I think it's just, and I've worked hard at this too, is carving out the space for everything. I do a lot of like time management. Sure. Every week I sit down and I'm kind of like, 
these are the things I know I have to have space for this week. And I structure my week to yep. make sure I have the space. And give yourself grace. Yes. Because as your kids get older, the problems get harder and weirder in some ways. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the phrases I know Lori loves is we can do hard things, yes. right? And yes. you use that as a continual reminder to yourself and your kids. What does that look like for you today? Balancing the hard things at home. And I imagine you're helping people deal with majorly hard things at work. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. It's a lot of making sure I'm taking care of myself, right? Yep. Yep. So you got to make sure that you're exercising, <laughs> getting mm-hmm. sleep. I have my ups and downs for sure. But I think it's just, again, just approaching each kind of thing that comes at you with that kind of even kill personality or approach and just asking the questions to figure it out and yeah. also understanding like, are you just venting to me? Or do you want me to solve it? Do you sure. just need a hug? That's one thing. I'll hug people at work too, but that's <laughs> usually a kid thing. <laughs> I do too. I love hugs but at you work. you know, just not always jumping in to solve everything, but just to get really clear about like, what is it that you need from me? Yep. The other thing that I have recently discovered about myself is through my coaching is I don't have to approach everything like it's a problem. Mm-hmm. So I could just approach it with curiosity and that changes your energy around it so much and it like puts people a little bit more at ease. So I've been trying to practice that more too. And I think you're really good at always challenging a group to say, what problem are we here to solve? Right. Mm -hmm. If we're not clear on the problem, we're probably not having the right conversation and you're a great facilitator and conversation structurer once you know exactly what we're there to do. Yeah, for sure. The other thing I jumped out at me in your your little write-up here is you say, I never felt like I missed any big moments. In fact, I was there for a lot of small moments too. Mm-hmm. And I believe you when you say that. Yeah. And I have been <laughs> on trips with you where I know you feel like you're missing stuff. Well, yeah, that's so true. So how do you... <laughs> how do you you know encourage your team or yourself even yeah. that even when you have to be away it's like okay like how do you rationalize that well a lot of times i just try to have like really open conversations about like listen i want to be here for this but i'm getting pulled away for whatever reason and so again i think it just comes down to preparation yes. and letting them know like i want to hear about it or let's make sure you're super prepared for right. whatever the thing is i'm missing Last trip we took together, you were on your phone, I think, watching Lexi. <laughs> I was watching Jacoby at um, his talent show. <laughs> yes. But once you get away, you really enjoy it, I yes, feel like. Yes, You find absolutely. yourself a little bit. And I think I've also given myself a little more grace to, like, I can miss things like a talent show. Sure. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, it was super important to him, but it... He could tell me about it and I could see the video. That's another thing the pandemic brought, with, though, was being able to join things and see things. Absolutely. Without actually being there. Totally. Which I think is amazing. Yeah. Well, of all the things you could have chosen as your point of pride, why did you pick this? Hmm, I think I just picked this because... As a six, it's hard for me to pick just one thing, but I feel like when I just kind of look back at my whole career here, I'm like, what am I most proud of? Like, it's definitely the fact that I advocated for myself and kind of set a path that wasn't there before. The fact that I'm on the executive director team. Yeah. I'm super Very non-traditional, but look where it got you because you followed your own voice. And I think that's what we want for everybody. So if you had just one piece of advice to give a new Symantolite, because I know you have them starting all the time on your team, (laughs) constant recruitment, what would it be in terms of how to be successful here? 
Well, my piece of advice would be to definitely just dig in, learn as much as you can. Please ask questions and use your resources. You don't need to put on any airs like you got it all figured out or you know it. It's okay to ask questions, be vulnerable, admit like I don't have this figured out or I need help. Yeah. Well, and Lori is the leader that I think people from all over the company go to because even though you manage a discipline as director of service management, people know that you're very in the know, you're very sort of in touch with all aspects of our business. So I'm really glad you're here to help answer their questions. (laughs) Well, thank you. What would you say to a client of Symantle in terms of how to be successful working with us? I think I would offer some of the same advice, like, you know, dig in, ask the questions, be a little vulnerable. Right. And if you aren't feeling like things are going well, have that conversation. Sure. We're open to it. Uh, we totally. want to hear how it's going. We'd rather have that than trying to figure out why you're, why you're maybe acting the way you are. Absolutely. So yeah, just build the connections, build the relationship. What about advice to owners? <laughs> you tell us all the time, I'm sure. No, I mean, like, honestly, I just think you guys continue to be authentic leaders, please. That's what I love about you. Like, you guys, again, you taught me that it's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say, like, hey, I'm struggling yeah. or I need this. I always thought you just shut up and did it. You just worked harder. <laughs> just put your right? head down. Just put yep. your head down. But um, that's not how we do it around here, no, is it? No, it's not. So please continue to do that. And I think just... Just continue to push us in ways that you do because you keep us on the cutting edge, but also continue to listen Mm -hmm. (laughs) when maybe we're like, hey, guys, you're pushing pushing. a little too hard. Push is a word that gets used a lot when we're talking about Misty. So thank you for (laughs) slowing me down. I appreciate that. Well, thanks again for sharing your point of pride. I love your story and I've loved watching the journey unfold and seeing your kids grow up and honestly see you grow because you are just such a big influence on our whole company. So thanks for all you do. Thank you. Thank you, Lori, for all you do to lead not only a management team of project planners, but the agency itself. You give 100% to everything you do, and you're such a good role model for our Samanalites, as your kids and husband are just as lucky to have you too. I'm so proud you're part of our executive team and thankful to call you my friend. To hear more Samanal Point of Pride stories, go to marketingsweats.com or wherever you get your podcasts and check out the rest of the episodes in our very special season six. You can hear more from Lori about her point of pride by visiting the 40-ish anniversary page on samantle.com. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.